Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the Flight School Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Turner Medlicott, joined as always by Adrian Walker and Jonah Lossi. Uh, and we have so much NBA to talk about today. Uh, before we get into that, how are y'all doing? Oh, you know, it's been another insane day in, in, in the Lossy life, but it's been uh, a lot of value, I believe. A lot of things learned in the last few days, so good overall. Uh, for me, I'm pretty good. What I'm curious about is why you consistently decide to cut yourself off in our little Zoom call at, like, the chin. You, you, what, are you, like, shirtless right now or something? Are you afraid to show whatever you're wearing on? <laughs> I got I gotta I gotta lean into the mic because there's been so many times where my mic's just like randomly not worked. Uh, why I, don't you like lean your laptop lid down and face you know the camera towards yourself? You know? Yeah, how you about make, that? Wow. You make one great points. One hundred subscribers, we get a shirtless podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there you go. But uh let's actually kick off today. Uh, with a really quick segment on the NFL. Um, first of all, all our condolences to the, the Jackson family, um, former uh, Chargers and Buccaneers wide receiver Vincent Jackson passed away unexpectedly. It seems I, I didn't look too much into details, but he was found in a, in a hotel room. So that's never a great sign as to what happened or what led up to it. So I hope for the best for that family. And I mean, he was, he was 38. So gone way, way far too, too young. Far too it, was, young it's, it was really weird. Cause I distinctly remember like he was one of the more interesting receivers in the league. Whenever I was first getting into football, like as an adult, like I'd always watched football with my dad growing up, but I always distinctly remember like Vincent Jackson and fantasy and, you know, yeah. trying to figure out. So, like, Oh, I remember him more on the chargers than anything back in his heyday. And, uh, I saw his name drop by and I, I felt old rather just the fact that he was 38. I was like, Oh man, like I still thought he was like, you know, 32 or something in my head, in my head, but it just, it's awful. It's just really is awful. But you know, at least we got, you know, I got, I got to have a lot of joy watching him play and it is just, yeah, it's terrible news. And it feels like we're just flooded with terrible news every day these days. So, yeah. Yeah. So not, not what you want to hear. Uh, from the first sort of big news from the off season, but um, in, in less morbid news, I guess, depending on. If, if you're you know, a Houston fan, it's, no, it's, it's still, still morbid. morbid. It's still morbid. <laughs> really is yeah. as morbid. Uh, JJ Watt, if you hadn't heard, has been released um, by the Texans um, so that he can pursue, um, you know, uh, probably a, a Super Bowl ring somewhere else. Um it is, of course, very interesting um, to see how his situation and Deshaun Watson's situation have been handled by Houston. Um, now, of course, J.J. Watt has been there a good bit longer than Deshaun Watson um, and really, I mean, beyond everything, gave his all to that city, which is not to say that Deshaun Watson hasn't, um, but just the grace and humility that was – handled in that situation is just very interesting uh when compared to deshaun watson um who knows where he'll end up um 
I think it's a little early to speculate. Uh, I hope he ends up in Arizona, as does DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't think that's actually where he's going to end up. Um, but what was y'all's thoughts on that news? Go ahead, Jonah. I mean, the first thing I thought of was just like, okay, now everything has aligned for the Steelers to get him if they wanted to dump everything they wanted to. Like, cause that's what everyone was talking. It was like, Oh, he gets to play with his two brothers. How often has to have three brothers ever played with each other at the top? Like three brothers in a league. That's one thing on the same team is ridiculous. Now how he fits in that system is difficult. Um, he's more of a three technique kind of guy and a five technique. And we kind of already have two of those. So um, I love him to go there. At the very minimum, I want him to go somewhere where he can has has a chance to win. Which it feels like the only thing stopping me from thinking it for sure is that he's a good person. But it just seems like he want, he's going to go to the Bucks in my head. Like I just think he's going to go to the Bucks and go win back to back Super Bowls in Tampa because why not? Screw the rest of the NFL and screw the rest of the NFL fans. Yeah, no, I mean the news for me. The first thing I thought of was the whole Deshaun Watson thing. It's just kind of feels a little hypocritical how the organization handled um, both players. At the same time, they view Deshaun Watson as the future and they view J.J. Watt as the past. Um, so they it, it's, it's a situation that can be handled differently based on career precedents. Um, but still, it, it feels like they, they let J.J. Watt not only – uh, like leave the franchise. He wasn't traded. He they let him walk away. Um, whereas they won't even trade Sean Watson, who's requested a trade. Which that that's what feels a little bit off to me. But um, yeah, I, I love JJ Watt, and and I hope he he finds a situation that's good for him. Um, I hope it's not Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, I would like to see a competitive team as well. I kind of like Arizona actually. I think Arizona would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I, I just – I want him to go to a competitive situation. I mean, one thing I, I will like... – I, I, sorry, I was saying one thing in Houston's defense because I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt because it is new management and this, that, and the other. He had one year left on his deal. It was for around the same as Deshaun's cheap deal this next year before his uh, extension kicks in. He had already given so much to the city, as you guys mentioned. Is he turning 32 or 33 um, I think he's turning 32 in like this month or next month. Yep. You know, he's seven years older than Deshaun. He's not a quarterback. Um, his, his, the asset for trading would be a lot harder. Um, and then I, I think it was one of those things of more a veterans respect in a way. Um, I think it's really, it's, it's holding your assets is what it is, is JJ, had earned his spot to be able to do whatever he wanted, but hadn't really, he wasn't worth nearly as much in, in a sense, if that, it sounds crazy because of how dominant he was for so long, but he's aging right. and on top of aging, he's been had multiple serious injuries that have hampered his career. And I think they just wanted to let him say, finish his career exactly how he wanted. And Deshaun is not even in his prime yet. And I think that's, kind of yeah, the, yeah. The difference there and that's but that's sort of what i was thinking it is at, but i think yeah no <laughs> yeah. no it's beyond that it still just is is a weird situation um i want i really like both of those guys so i really want both of them to end up in situations where they're gonna thrive um of course jj watt more immediately 
Um, and Deshaun Watson has plenty of time to, you know, get traded to someone who's going to put him in a better position, but he can, he can wait a couple years to win a Super Bowl. Um, whereas I don't know how much longer JJ Watt has in the league. Um, but we will see. Uh, I'm sure the NFL offseason will ramp up as we get closer to the draft. Uh, but for now, let's move on to the league that is ramping up as it always does towards the all-star break, um, the NBA. Um, and before we get into a huge all-star, um, you know, conversation, um, I think one of the biggest stories in the NBA over the past couple of weeks, um, and I wasn't on last week's pod, but the Utah Jazz, I mean, they just do, dominant stretches is almost like an understatement. 19 of their last 20. Um, and a real shot, it seems now, to actually be the one seed in the West, which I would not have predicted or guessed going in. Um, I always feel like Utah has been looked at in prior seasons or even coming into the season as a little overrated or one of those like good regular season teams, good enough for like a four or five seed, and then gets bounced in the playoffs in the first or second round. Uh, But this year they have really turned a corner um, and it's thanks to, uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson, who I'll give myself a little pat on the back. I did say he was a potential six man of the year candidate. He looks like the front runner right now. Um, he is the front runner right now. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Uh, but I mean, him, Donovan Mitch- Mitchell, Ruby Gobert, um, and more, but those are just sort of the top three names. And they've just been, I mean, astonishing Utah of all places. It's interesting for me because, see, maybe it's just me being a pessimist, but I still kind of had the same thought I had about going into the season. Now they've impressed me more, but I don't see how this team is going to get to the finals yet. Like, I just don't see, I don't think the star power is enough to handle the Lakers at full health by the time you get to the playoffs, most likely. Even the Clippers and a few of these other teams, like, I don't think they're a first round exit, but I just, <laughs> I like Donovan Mitchell a lot, but I don't know if he's ready for that load yet because Rudy Gobert is a monster and one of the best defensive players in the league, if not the best, but I don't think he's not a scorer. He, he does more in offense than he's given credit for, but that is a very role player based team. And it kind of reminds me of a better version of the Hawks of back in the day when they would just go rampant in the East and fall apart because they didn't have the firepower to hang with LeBron James <laughs> and these other people. Like I, I kind of hope I'm wrong because I would love to see Utah kind of own up and become either NBA champions or make a finals appearance. But I think they're going to fade out after they hit the playoffs, even though I do expect them to get the one seat at this point. Yeah. What's, what's really interesting to me. I, I do hope they can can keep this up hope no injuries come about and they can get the one seed because what what that creates is it likely puts the lakers at the two and the clippers at the three or the clippers at the two and the lakers at the three which means those two teams are going to face off in the second round most likely um all all side like a, a choke job or injury or something that that befalls one of those teams in the first round uh, which would be that would be really cool because I think everyone kind of expects to see wants to see Lakers and Clippers in a, in a playoff series and 
and waiting for that to happen in the Western Conference Finals. You're just you're ex, you're allowing what happened last year with an upset um, or something like that. There's just a lot of a lot more chances for that to happen um, if you have to wait till the Western Conference Finals. So I really like the Jazz being the first seed if if they can maintain. Um, I disagree with Jonah. I think they are very much a Western Conference Finals team right now. I think what what I'm hoping is that their shooting doesn't dry up because the biggest thing for that team is can they continue to hit their jump shots? Can they continue to hit three-pointers? Um, they're one of the teams that's very much live or die by the three. Now, the Miami Heat last year were – kind of not live or die by the three but they were very their offense is very much predicated on hitting threes Duncan Robinson Tyler Hero etc so and they made the finals um now granted it was bubble and and all of these different situations and and the stuff that played out but um I think the Jazz are the most complete NBA team we've seen in the past few years I mean aside from the Golden State Warriors um and and, in terms of a functional team um where everyone really has to to play well in their role I think that's what the Utah Jazz encompass and that defense is is no joke like it's it's really no joke that's a phenomenal defense yeah and I I think they they get that one seed and and they probably make the conference finals just because of what you said, you know, uh, it's probably better for the league, honestly, and for NBA fans if the Clippers and Lakers get a chance to face off in the second round um, because the league's been itching for that matchup um, ever since the superstars aligned in L.A. Um, and with, you know, A.D. going down uh, once again with the calf strain um, sort of related to his sore Achilles um, I don't expect the Lakers to, you know, drop, they'll drop off a little, but they're certainly not going to make a push to overtake the jazz for the one seed, um, unless the jazz, uh, do it, do a choke job. And I don't really see the Clippers, um, overtaking the jazz, even fully healthy for the one seed. So it's, it's theirs to lose at this point. Um, we have a lot of season left, of course, but, um, that's going to make for a very interesting playoff scenario uh, that I don't think we expected. Um, now, speaking of AD's injury, um, I just want to say that I can't believe, <laughs> as Jonah leads it, I can't believe that I know Jonah shares this sentiment, I, and Adrian, you probably do too. I cannot believe the Lakers let that man play so soon after a sore Achilles. I like it's, it's dumb. It's just like, dumb. Not only, like I don't what well, I don't care. The, the thing that, that really pains me this is isn't that 2K, the, basically the medical is my staff. Opinion. The medical staff said they didn't want Anthony Davis to play. And Anthony Davis overruled how did how do you let Anthony Davis overrule your medical staff? Like the medical I staff don't... was like you we don't want you to play because there's a chance you re-aggravate. If you just sit out and let it heal, it'll heal. And Anthony Davis was like, nah, but I want to play. I don't understand how someone... That's on, just... Fra- that's on Frank Vogel. 
in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, right. I, I'm like, I. This is one of your star players. That, this, this is your player of the future. You, the last thing you need for him to do is to tear his Achilles, which thank God he didn't do that. But that is a serious career-altering injury that you need to stay, you know, the hell away from. I, I don't know. I'm glad it's not as serious, um, especially when we hear about some of these other injuries that are coming out today. Um, Cole Anthony, who's been having a pretty solid stretch, uh, had, a, had a game winner uh, a few weeks ago, which was awesome to see. He's got a fractured rib, which that sounds terrible to have. Um, and then uh, D'Angelo Russell has, um, I think he said a, a loose body in his knee, which also sounds not good, <laughs> but he's getting surgery. And so he's out for a month at weeks. least. Yep. Yeah, if not more. Um, and got poor, poor Timberwolves. Like they have really, like their two stars now have barely seen court time i mean they're terrible hey, anyway but, but one thing one thing that that will that's good that will come out of this anthony edwards is going to get a lot of run um with, with d'angelo russell hurt and for his development specifically this will be good um for him i mean he's kind of quietly gone by the wayside when it comes to the the nba rookie of the year conversation and i think it's going to be Lamelo balls to lose all the way through um but if edwards starts putting up 20 a night consistently then he could put his name into that conversation um very quickly i mean he's already averaging like 13 and a half 14 points a game so he could but it's his inconsistency he's not he's he's been extremely inefficient um in that time and 20 points is not very impressive whenever your team is that bad like I don't want to be that mean because I love I love Cat and the Timberwolves. They were one of those teams I thought was going to be one of the top five teams in the NBA by this point. But goodness yep. gracious, they are abysmal, and they're just kind of sad. And D'Angelo has not the experiment has not worked there at all. No. Um, Wiggins has been better than Russell, um, and which actually I expected. I kind of expected that. I expected I that too. I thought Wiggins fit better than the Golden State than D'Angelo did in Minnesota, but I won't talk on that anymore. It's just that team makes me very sad. And I don't think Anthony Edwards, even I hope his development continues. I don't think it's going to help his run unless he goes and right. has himself 30 in a 40 point game or something, which Melo already has. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that's, I mean, Melo's actually a decent transition. Um, away from injury talk and and, uh, top of the league teams. Um, We have more NBA COVID shenanigans. Um, NBA announced today that um, due to um, some positive cases, I believe. Four. Yep, four positive cases. Four positive cases on the Spurs. Their next four games are postponed, and because they played the Hornets uh, this past Sunday – the Hornets' next two games are postponed as they do contact tracing and more of that. Um, and it's, I mean, it's better maybe than early on in the season, but, like, it's still not – there has, hasn't been a great adjustment by the NBA like we had hoped for. I think by it's still a mess. I mean, I, I don't think it's any better. I think that they've been better about maintaining protocols, but – that, that, that obviously their system isn't any better 
for what happens if no. there is a positive. And I know that's difficult to handle, but what, this is the same thing they were doing weeks ago. It's like, well, we'll postpone for a week for this team, and then we'll work it out. Like, how are you supposed to po- how how are you supposed to replay four games in a seventy two game season that's already missing two months, and you play a game every two days? Like, it's impossible, and it's just gonna get really hairy the last couple months of the season. And I'm not gonna t- I don't want to talk about it anymore. For I, I, you guys can, but I'm done because. We've already, I've already said my statements about yeah I no I think screwed up I I agree with Jonah I, I think there's not really much to say about how the leagues handle the situation we've already said it plenty of times on a couple different podcasts um, what what I the, the the thing that worries me is the league still expects to be able to run an all star game where they're bringing all these different players and and staff and everything together and in Atlanta. Um, and they can't manage two teams or they can't manage like individual teams, not getting cases. How are they going to manage like all these individual players? It's just, I feel like they are really setting themselves up for massive problems and issues when the all-star game comes around, um, on March. It's not like the, it's not like the players haven't (laughs) big name players, multiple players haven't said this is dumb. Like just publicly, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I I think it's just such a mess, and it's it's disappointing that it hasn't gotten better or improved in any structural way. Um, but we can't really harp on that too much more. We've said our piece. Um, last thing that we'll cover before we get into all star voting, um, is there's been a lot of trade rumors going around as you get before all-star you know uh the all-star break um but i think we should talk about um maybe lead with andre drummond um because i don't think the andre drummond trade um necessarily is the is the biggest story like we know we've known that he might have been a piece that was moving um but it's more about uh what draymond i think said in relation to his situation um and i i saw that everywhere but i actually haven't had a chance to watch or hear all of draymond's words so i'll let y'all take that away well draymond went on for about three minutes um and basically what he was addressing was the nba very much has a double standard when it comes to how it treats um or how how it um um works with teams versus players um and handling uh, uh, view like their view on how the, the the player is conducting themselves or how the franchise is conducting themselves, um, basically because the the Cavs are saying Andre Drummond, we don't like how the energy that you've been putting out on the floor, so we're gonna bench you until um, until you decide or until we find a trade for you. And he brought up the example of James Harden where James Harden for a couple weeks, and I mean, we, we talked about it too. Uh, James Harden was absolutely killed um, like day after day because he decided he didn't want to play for the Rockets anymore. So he decided he would sit himself out. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it, I don't think that's a very similar situation. I don't think that's the best situation, but something that he brought up double standard wise, which I thought was very true. Um, 
is a lot of times young players um, will be kind of, the, the question will be asked if they're not performing well, what's wrong with their development? Like, why is this young player struggling? What's wrong with him? And it's always questions about the players. It's never questions about, okay, well, what about the franchise? Is the franchise's development um, the problem and not necessarily the player itself or the player himself? Um, and that was kind of what Draymond was getting to is that there's just a double standard in the way that um, the, the players are expected to conduct and handle themselves professionally and how franchises um, conduct themselves professionally. Well, I'll tell you, I immensely, I, I used to be a little bit more on the side of teams. Uh, what really shut that down for me for good is, I'm sure you guys remember greatly, is the treatment of Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. That kid yeah. put his heart and soul into the Celtics, got them to the Eastern Conference Finals, played himself into an early retirement, most likely, with his yep. hip, um, played the day after his sister died, did everything for that franchise, and they traded him that summer for yep. Kyrie Irving. Screw the Celtics. Now, was it a business decision? Yes. Should they be able to do that? Yes. But if you think NBA players need to be these pinsuit professionals that never do anything wrong, and then it gives the leeway for the teams to say, screw you to the most loyal of players, it just goes to show it's a business, and that runs both ways. Just because a team gets to do it doesn't mean a player can't do it. Now, sometimes, does it come from a prima donna like Harden? Yeah, but Harden has his damn right to do it. He still played, whether yep. or not he wanted to and looked like crap and was throwing the ball out of bounds. He was still out there. He did his duties. Um, and the fact that he was slagged for that. And people don't talk about that IT trade too much. They just don't. And I find it disgusting. It's one of the most disgusting things that I, I think I've seen. I think, and, and you can follow that up. Not only did, did uh, Isaiah Thomas, like that situation happened, the Derrick Rose um, situation with yep. the Bulls. Um, I think that was disgusting as well. Um, the Even the, this John Wall trade, obviously I was happy that Russell Westbrook got out of Houston, but as much as, as John Wall put into the Washington, D.C. community, um, outside of just the franchise, like that, that I mean, that's it's kind of rough. Um, when you look at how franchises treat their star play, not even just the role players, their star players, um, and in the hopes of, of bettering their, their teams in a business perspective. Um, and there's no really moral obligations that franchises have to maintain. But yeah, I, I, I think both of y'all make really great points and having not seen it word for word, I won't add too much more, but I think, Joni, you put it best. It's it's a business. It sure it is, but it should be a business where those type of things can work both ways. Um, and yeah, you have your pre-Madonnas and you have your franchises that have made uh, horrible sort of gutless decisions. Um, but we should be able to sort of view those in the same light and not view them in the sort of the sparing way that we, we do now. Um, to round out the trade talk, I'll just look at kind of run through some of the big names. I think the biggest name on the trade market right now is Blake Griffin. Um, sad. He just I, makes me sad. I, I know, he, right? His his career just. I mean, I was just I, he was a Clipper that I liked, man. I mean, he just he his career makes me sad. I hope he goes to. 
a contender. I know the Lakers are on the running, um, but I don't like for the sake of people cheering for him. Don't send him to the Lakers. Just I don't know. I don't know where I want him. But okay, see, so we'll take him. We'll take him. We'll send. We'll we'll send <laughs> Al Horford. Gonna... We'll send Al Horford, and and we'll take Blake Griffin at a first round pick. Yeah, but y'all y'all aren't gonna get him in the playoffs again. We can trade him again. Yeah, they're gonna trade him again. That's, that, <laughs> yeah, why do you yeah. think they traded for Hal Horford? Did you also, think Hal Horford because they're gonna go win the finals? Also, know. Blake Griffin uh, went to Oklahoma. Uh, you forget that that That's was true. his college. Boomer Sooners. Like he yeah. he really he really likes the state of Oklahoma. Um, I'll never forget yeah. because That's Psycho T whooped up on him. That's <laughs> <laughs> Look who's still in the league, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I think we know who won that long term, but yeah, y'all. Oh, I don't Al know because Tyler Hansbro is on call for UNC the day this airs, <laughs> and that is a lot more interesting than what Blake Griffin is putting on the NBA floor this year. <laughs> is it? Am I wrong? No, but it <laughs> still hurts. It's still sad. <laughs> Shout out Jordana yeah. Clark. You know, I, I where wherever he goes, we move right, Jordana. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we mentioned Al Horford. He's definitely on the move. Uh, basically whoever OKC can send him to, I think he's going, whoever OKC can get some value from, um, John Collins has been on the move or not on the move, but rumored to be on the move since nearly the start of the season. Um, and I think that'd be a good idea, honestly, for the Hawks to make, I don't know how y'all feel about it. I don't want to talk too much about it, but He's probably not going to get too much better than he is right now. He's good. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't know. Kid is young. I mean, he's still only 23, 24. I think he's 23. Yeah. You don't hit your prime until you're about 27, 28. Like that kid, there are nights when he puts it together and he looks like a top five power forward in the league. Like there's no doubt he has the talent. And if someone can unlock that secret now, he could be a bust if he got traded on a good team, but I think if he gets in a good situation, he makes so many plays when he's on it that he could be a, a huge asset for a good team where they don't rely on him. They just plug him in and hope he blows up and wins you a game. And in the playoffs, that's all you need. Um, that, that's I true. Think, think I think he makes last. a lot of sense for um, Golden State, personally. Yes. I was thinking that, too. Especially with that young core with Wiseman. Having Wiseman and Collins together for the like, foreseeable <laughs> That's the most so athletic cool. front court in the, in the, in the league. Like, that's yeah. just insane. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Um, we've also heard Kyle Lowry. I haven't heard much about where he might end up, but I can imagine they're going to probably move on from him and, and invest in what they've already invested in. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Pascal Siakam? No. Or Fred Van Fleet? Fred Van Fleet, thank you. I that just his name completely escaped me. I think no shockers. He's their, <laughs> he's their guard of the future. Um, maybe, I mean, Lonzo's also in the trade rumor bucket, so maybe that's a trade yeah. That, I, I, the Bulls, uh, I believe, confirmed their uh, their bid for Lonzo uh, in the media yesterday that they they really want him. I don't know what that means. Um, the Pelicans, I'm sure, would probably want Zach Levine, but I don't know if they would either because they need defense. Um, and then you're giving up one of your best perimeter defenders. Um, either way, they probably want either Kobe White or Levine. Neither one of them is a defender. Yep. Um, 
Kobe would be the longer term piece when you have folks like Nikhil Alexander Walker and Brandon Ingram and Zion. You'd probably want someone like Kobe who's only 2021. 20, it's actually his birthday today. Happy birthday, Kobe. Happy birthday, Kobe. It was everybody's birthday today. I'll get to that later. It was like five rappers, The Weeknd, Jerome Bettis, everybody's birthday. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't want Kobe to get traded from the Bulls. I do, but I don't like I for my dad's sake, my dad loves Kobe on the Bulls because he's a Bulls fan and he loves Kobe White. That's his favorite Tar Heel that's come out in a while. And slapping him with five Duke players would just seem unjust. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he, he can shine some I like New Orleans though. That's a benefit. I do like New Orleans. So yeah. That could be an interesting trade. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see where all those things go. I'm sure we'll get more news the closer we get to the all-star break, but let's go ahead and move into the all-star break itself. Um, really go into what our rosters are going to be. Um, we already talked about how the all-star game actually happening is stupid. Um, but I think the only other thing that we should add to that is that the Atlanta mayor today just told people, please don't go, please don't go to this event. Um, which like if if that's what the mayor of the city you're hosting the all-star game in is saying maybe you shouldn't have it i that's just have your all-star voting you know don't get rid of that of course but maybe just don't you know give the players a break but just don't I, I don't know. It's perfectly reasonable to still vote people in, uh, into like an all-star selection. Like they can have all-star attached to their name for this year and just not play the game. That's very possible. Like that's very easily done. It, it's not something that, that um, I think a lot of people would have issues with, but you know, still have it. So. Yeah, just, I, I don't know, but let's get to the exciting stuff. Let's talk about. This is going to be who- fun. This is gonna be really fun. Who are y'all gonna, gonna be mad at me? Because I got some. <laughs> y'all probably gonna be here. mad at me. Well, uh, but that's, always that's not mad a at you, Turner. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's not a surprise. Um, Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Turner. Let, let, I guess let I'll us leave. let us rail on you first. You get it out of the way. All right, all right, all right. So He's just gonna plow through his list real quick. That's right. I say, uh, just for those of you who, who don't know, this, the starters in each conference are voted on by the fans. They're the top five vote getters. Uh, well, two guards, three uh, front court players. Um, so my starters in the West, and probably already going to be a debate, but my starters in the West are Steph, Luca, Kwai, Braun, and uh, Jokic. Um, with AD being hurt and probably not playing, He's going to be voted in, but he's going to be replaced. So I'm, I already have him off my list. Um, beyond that, my two guards off the bench in no particular order um, are Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell. Um, and my three guards off the bench in the West are Paul George, Zion, and Brendan Ingram. Um, beyond that, my two extra players, which can be either a guard or a forward, are Devin Booker and Adrian like this uh, SGA, and that fills out. Love to see it. Uh, that fills out my Western All Star, and Jonah's going to throw that all in the trash. What are y'all's thoughts? Not all of it. Not all of it. SGA. I don't care how happy it makes Adrian. It's too early. Um, 
It really and, isn't. And, uh, yeah, it is. It is. No, it really it, isn't. Well, maybe if your team wasn't such a dumpster fire, um, I would agree. But they're yeah, just but so re- the reason why they're not a dumpster fire is because of Shea Gilgis Alexander. They're still a gum- dumpster fire. They beat the Bucks yesterday. I wouldn't call that a dumpster put, fire. Put Justin Jackson in the All Star game. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Justin Jackson, back to back twenty point games. It's he had a bigger shot than Shea Gilgis has all year. I don't care. Oh really? Uh, no, no. SGA is. <laughs> My thing is SGA is not more deserving than Damian Lillard in past years. He didn't make it. He's not more deserving than Devin Booker in past years. He didn't make it. Like I like SGA a lot, but there are people that deserve over him in my opinion. Yeah, but it's not past years. It's this year. I'm saying they were better in past years and there's this year is pretty much just as contentious. However, you go ahead with your list. You go ahead. Um, Okay. So going with the West, correct? Yes. Yep. Actually, starting five is the same. Steph, Doncic, LeBron, Jokic, Kawhi. LeBron suck it, but he deserves starter spot in the All-Star game. Um, also, Lillard, um, PG-13. I have Zion, um, which it was – the one that I was – the last one in was Brandon Ingram. I had Zion in before Brandon Ingram, actually, Um because of his efficiency he's just out the world and i'd rather see him in an all-star game i don't know i don't think he deserves it more but i'd rather see zion in an all-star game than bi uh i also have donovan mitchell i don't but that leaves out sga and i'm leaving out devin booker because devin booker is not the reason the sons of the four seed chris paul is the reason yes he is the, the yes sons sir the four seed i don't care about stats CP3 and the other reason SGA is out is because I give half of SGA's credit of how good he is to, to coach CP3 last year, <laughs> teaching hey, him how to be I, an I agree, absolutely. That's a that's a very very good point. I can't argue that. And so that's my West. I CP3 has been slandered in my opinion all season by a lot of fans. He's not. He, I don't think he's going to make the All Star team. The only hope I would have is that the reserves are decided by coaches. And the coaches know Chris Ball's impact, and he sees what they've done. He's he's done to the Spurs, because as good as Booker has been, the pace of that team, everything yeah. about the Suns is Chris Ball. And well, then who was that? Stunning. Was that twelve or is that just eleven? Oh, and Gobert, and Gobert, because Gobert is a top two defender in the league, in my opinion. I just don't know if they'll get him a, an All Star, an All Star bid. I'm not saying he will. No one deserves it more. See, I, he, I, he is I just think, as impactful as Jokic, damn near. Yeah, I um, think Rudy Gobert is going to end up being All NBA, but not an All Star. And the other reason, we just went on a ten minute rant about how good the Jazz are, and you're going to let them only have one All Star? No. Yeah. No. I mean, that's, that's a fair point. Yep. All right, Adrian, lay it yeah, on. Yeah. So, um, I actually, I mean, I have Steph, and then I believe in this final little stretch because dame's been so good recently i think damian lillard's going to get voted ahead of luka Doncic, so i think those two are going to end up being the starters um i have Kawhi lebron Jokic, um and then you have luka obviously is the, the the first person selected off the bench um i also have donovan mitchell as my fourth guard and then i have paul george zion and brandon ingram as you three do um yep. so kind of the west as we were talking about before the podcast started the west is kind of without Anthony Davis and without Christian Wood included, it becomes a fairly easy conference to kind of get your first 10. I think just the last two 
um, or where you we have deferred. And it's funny because you both have one person that that I have in my final two. I have the student and the master. I have Chris Paul and I have Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, I will say you're more right than Turner. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and and that's because I'm not surprised you said that. As 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 Jonah was saying, the Phoenix Suns are they're what fourth? They're in fourth place. Yeah, yeah. they're the fourth. They're like they got a really solid record. Yeah, yeah and fourth seed. They're seventeen and nine. Yeah, and while Devin Booker is a scoring machine, he still is only averaging twenty four and a half points. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's averaging, or LeBron's averaging more points than that. Donovan uh, Jokic is averaging more points than that. To be um, one of the best scorers in the league and to only be scoring 24 and a half points a game, then it has to be somebody else that's driving the offense. And that would be Chris Paul. Um, Yeah. And in in his defense, we did say that we thought his points per game were going to drop this year because he didn't have to be the dude every single night, which is good for the Suns. But I I think for all-star voting, you're, you're probably right. Well, that's that's a, a yes and no thing. I think his his overall production was going to drop this year. I didn't necessarily expect his points to drop off. I expected him to have a a points increase this year, if anything, um, because last couple of years he's been what at like twenty six points. I thought he could be in like the the um, Zach Levine Bradley Beal like sort of of scenario where he's like twenty eight to thirty points somewhere in there. Well, the um, other thing for me too is that points don't mean that much this year. Not being that yeah. critical, but we have thirty-three players averaging over twenty points per game yeah. right now. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Like yeah, that, those numbers are that. I think that that's several more than last year, and it is one of the most in NBA history. I think what we have like four. Let me check. I think we have we have two players averaging over thirty points a game. And then Embiid's at twenty nine point six. Like so, (laughs) the scoring this year is kind of insane. And so, averaging twenty four points a game is awesome. But and it's incredible on a top team. But if I have to pick one team from there, like Adrian said, it's that it's the floor general. It's the guy that makes it all work. Yeah. So I got I got Chris Paul, and then I think it's fairly obvious why I would pick Shea Gilch Alexander. He's the point guard for my team, Um, and. Being in Oklahoma City, you just kind of get overlooked. Um, he's not a flashy player. Um, he, he's very efficient. And and what he has been able to do under uh, Coach Mark Dagano, which I haven't said anything on this podcast yet about uh, Mark Dagano, and I don't think he's going to be Coach of the Year, but I think he should be in the consideration because – the fact that the Thunder are competitive and are beating teams like the Bucks without Shea Gilgis Alexander on the floor, like that's that's exceptional coaching work. But yeah, go it ahead. It is exceptional. I was just saying it is exceptional coaching. But how much of that is just juxtaposed to having Billy Donovan and Scott Brooks back to back? I mean that that's part of it. Yes, that is absolutely part of it. Uh, because because having Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan back to back, that's that's really the only thing that I felt like was lacking in our in our uh our, our our runs back in the the early 2010s and and 15 and whatever but um yeah Shea Gildas Alexander has been really really good this year um I don't think he gets enough credit I don't think he's gonna get enough credit but I also don't think he's popular enough um to get voted in so he's gonna have to get voted in by the coaches um so 
I, I hope he gets voted in. I'm not sure he will. He's on my team. They're not Respe- they're respectable. Not. Respect. I mean, he's, he's on my team, so I, I hope he gets in too. But yeah, but you we'll have see. Devin Booker, so you you don't even count. Yeah, count. fair enough. Y'all, y'all are probably going to be even more mad about what I'm going to reveal now. But let's yeah, move you on go ahead. This. You go ahead. Do your Easter Conference team. Because... I will preface it by saying this is one of the hardest all-star voting I've ever seen as this year's Eastern conference. Yeah. It's and I, incredibly and I, difficult. I could probably change my list three or three or four times, but here's what I came up with uh, in the time I had today. So starters, um, again, not, not too difficult. Uh, Brad Beal and Kyrie, um, unless Harden overtakes them, but um, I'm just looking at, the second returns of the fan voting. So Brad Beal and Kyrie, um, and then Kevin Durant, Giannis, and uh, Embiid um, are your starters. Um, whether it's Kyrie or whether it's it's Harden in the, in the starting lineup, um, my guards off the bench are Harden um, and Jalen Brown. Um, that dude deserves an all-star spot this year. He's been phenomenal. Um, and that's me talking about a Celtics player. So uh, but front front court, I have Jason Tatum, obviously. Um, and here's where it gets interesting. I have Sabonis. I think he deserves an all-star spot. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and I have Julius Randle. Um, I really think he deserves... Explain yourself. Well, here's what I, here's what I was looking at. And, and maybe there's some other guys that get it get it over him i was looking at the 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 fan returns and jimmy butler is great but he doesn't deserve an all-star spot this year um bam is great but is underperformed this year um sabonis is already in for me uh and so that leaves me to julius randall or gordon hayward and gordon hayward's had a great season uh but i'm a little bit biased towards um one of the former laker guys um and just the way that yes the the hornets are unexpectedly a playoff team but so are the knicks and i think the knicks are even more surprising honestly um and that's been a big part to the play of julius randall and the coaching but um i'd love to see him get some love and get an all-star spot i think gordon hayward actually gets it um over him but Based on who I who I'd want, I'd want Randall to have that position. Um, and then beyond that, uh, for my final two spots, I have uh, Ben Simmons. Um, again, we'll see. I mean, I think he should be on on name alone and his defensive play, uh, and Zach Levine. Um, we aren't the hugest fans of the way that Zach Levine plays, but dude's been sort of lighting it on fire with with the way he's been scoring this year and that just that's going to give him enough enough oomph to get him into an all-star spot i think now tell me why i'm wrong i wouldn't say i wouldn't say you're insanely wrong i think you you went with the safer bets i think you went you went with more for prediction versus what you believe is right um i've seen a lot of people leave Kyrie off the all-star team altogether that's not even a joke no, I've, I've seen, seen several people, people do, do it that. too. A lot of people have done it. Um, I, well, I, 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 
I wouldn't say Bam has had that much of a down year either. Um, no, I mean, so averaging 29 and five on yeah, I wouldn't efficient call that, numbers. Now the Heat have had a down year, but they've also yes. not had Jimmy. The shooters have not been quite what they were. He's had to carry the load. Now it's, a, it's on a bad team. I wouldn't call them a bad team. They've had a bad performances versus like the Timberwolves are a bad team. So like those stats are kind of empty. Jeremy Grant, his stats are kind of empty, you know, um, but uh, I, I can remark more on it. Uh, do you guys want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So ours is actually quite different, especially at the tail end. Um, my starters, <laughs> Joel Embiid, um, I think MVP Clearly. right now. Yep. Um, uh, Kevin Durant. I think is probably top five in MVP voting for me. Um, Bradley Beal. I, I stretched. I wasn't going to put Bradley Beal as a starter, but I'm kind of sick for the kid. (laughs) I want him. I, he deserves it. And he's going to get voted in. Yeah, he is. Um, Giannis Sina, uh, Ugo Antetokounmpo, um, (laughs) is uh, another forward. And then, uh, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is an all-star starter to me. Like, I don't know if he'll get voted, but he's been better than Tatum, and he's been one of the best two guards in the East this year. Like, he's just been outstanding, and he just makes it shuts people up every year. He has gotten so much better, like, exponentially better for the last four years, and it's so fun to watch. I'm so proud of that guy. Y'all, y'all remember, like, a couple years ago when people were like, maybe the Celtics need to move on from Jalen Brown? Well, a couple of years ago, they were labeling Jalen Brown a bust. Yeah, yeah. well, and so people labeled Jalen Brown a bust when he was drafted at three. And I was like, Are you, give the kid four years, maybe. Well, he was drafted in, in 17. So yep. it's been four years, and now he's a first a, a starter on the All-Star team. Um, first off the bench, for me, Ben Simmons. Um, I honestly, it piqued my interest to put him in the starters. Not, bec- I don't know if he'd get the votes, but in my mind, he's been the defensive player of the year so far. Um, and if JoJo sits a little more, Ben Simmons is going to make a few more headlines. As we saw last night, he dropped 42. And funny enough, it now has a, a, a larger career high than uh, Jason Tatum. <laughs> um, this, you know, 42 points without attempting a three is pretty incredible. You got to admit in the modern NBA, that's kind of unheard of. Um now it's because he can't shoot sure but like the fact that he can get that done and he was one Russell Westbrook rebound away 42 42.4 double um but he he's been incredible um James Harden I don't care how many games he set out I don't care how many people he pissed off um that's my other guard and then uh Jason Tatum uh Bam Adebayo and Gordon Hayward I think the kid deserves it. And as good as LaMelo has been, Gordon Hayward is the reason the Hornets have been so consistent because that team has been shocking, shockingly good, challenging the best teams in the league and looking pretty dang rock solid. And he's the reason they're good. He's the reason they're solid. They would be a fun team. I think they would be the Hawks without Gordon Hayward. That's what the Hawks are missing. And that's why between James Borrega the jubilance of LaMelo ball and the rock solid nature of Gordon Hayward. I think that's why he deserves it. That's more of a feel thing. His stats aren't crazy, but he's been pretty impressive still. Um, I have Kyrie Irving as one of my final and 
Julius Randle. I <laughs> I think Trey Young has not earned it. He's the worst defensive player in the league, and the Hawks are a travesty. Like now, they've yeah. had a lot of injuries and they've been bad, but his defense is. He's the op. He's. I found out today that he is actually the true opposite of Ben Simmons as a point guard. <laughs> like yep, he wants to do everything he can to be a point guard while shooting from half court and never playing defense. And Ben Simmons is like, let me just play defense and do layups. <laughs> and so, because of that, I don't think Trey deserves it. Um, who uh, who else did you have on there, Turner? I, I had S- Sabonis. I think that's Sabonis that's one. has dropped off since they traded Victor Oladipo. He's been him and Brogdon both have been underwhelming recently. I, I'm not. It's a very small sample size, but even last night he looked awful. Like he was getting in his spots. He was missing. He missed like four layups in the fourth quarter. He doesn't. He doesn't look as as, as efficient as he did last year. And Julius Randle is one of the few reasons the Knicks are still technically in a playoff spot. They're the sixth seed in the East right now. And, you know, he drops, what, 44 last night? Like, he's been Hit seven threes. really balling out, and the cat deserves it. Yeah, he's playing himself into a $80 million contract. And if he becomes an all-star, that's going to help his case. And it's, just, it's a mix between stats and sheer – Damn, I'm impressed. I like Julius Randle, and I feel like he's had an upward uh, uphill battle from this, the moment he was drafted. Um, Absolutely. Broke his kid, leg. I couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. And he's been fighting up, and he's balling out. And um, I think out of his plain heart alone, he has fought his way into becoming an all-star, in my opinion. And I think the coaches are going to see that, and that's what these reserve spots are for. Yeah, so it, it's going to be interesting. Y'all might have convinced me to change one of my late picks into Julius Randle. You might have yeah. done it. Yeah, he had Trey oh, Young, didn't he? Get on that hype. I did not have Trey Young. No, no, no. <laughs> this was, no, so it's going to be interesting because I'm curious what you guys, how you feel about, especially Joan, I'm curious how you feel about um, who I have in the later portions. Um, so for my starters, I think James Harden's going to surpass uh, Kyrie Irving and Jalen Brown in the fan vote, especially with how well Harden's played the point guard role recently. Like he's been he's stunning. He's been absolutely incredible, especially like passing What's the ball. He, what is he averaging? Thirteen or fourteen assists a game? I think it's at like that's at thirteen insane. now. Yeah, it's incredible. That's insane. Like that's so good. <laughs> yeah, and and it's not like they're just they're empty assists. No, they're like they every pass that he's making is actually helping the team. Like you can you can come up with empty assists, but his are they're legit and 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 i think he could surpass both brown and and Kyrie for that second spot um beside bradley beal i also have durant antetokounmpo and Embiid. i don't think you can have any other three in the starting lineup um all right and then this is where it kind of gets interesting so i have Jalen brown and Kyrie irving those are my two guards i think those are the other two that kind of deserve it um and then I think this is, if I was a coach, this is who I would vote in, although I'm considering my, uh, reconsidering my last one. I would vote in Jason Tatum, or I would bring in Jason Tatum. I would bring in Sabonis, um, because I think Sabonis' full body of work for the season is more indicative of his worth and being an all-star than like the last, say, five games. Um, and then the last one that I had was Tobias Harris. 
Um, if I was a coach, I think Tobias Harris has been very, I think he's been super valuable to what the Sixers success has done, ha- has been this year. Um, I think he's very much flying under the radar in terms of all-star votes and, and stuff like that. But I think as a coach, that's who I'd want to bring on as an, as my last forward, um, before I got to the final two spots. I very much agree. I pulled I had I had it written right here, Toby. I had it written down as one of my last two in, but I scratched him out because I wanted I needed Bam in, and I thought Julius deserved it, and I knew and I had Kyrie as one of my last two in as well. I right. took into the fact right. that Kyrie's shooting 50, 40, 90 <laughs> uh, yeah. to make sure yeah. that he still made uh, the team. The thing that took me off is the Simmons and Embiid both making it, it's going to be hard to have a third because the Sixers are the first in the East. They're not the best team in the NBA, though. Like, if, if right. it was, like, you know, Golden State, you get why there's three or four All-Stars. It, they're not that right. team. Tobias is an amazing player, and he has been pivotal. Still not – I still don't think he's hit near his ceiling, <laughs> which yeah. says how much, how much potential I think the guy has. But – I think he's going to get etched out even by coaches seeing how you've had people carry their teams to strong right. seeds like a Randall. And now Bam has not carried his team to a lot of success, but he has single-handedly put his team on his shoulders and tried to climb the mountain. And Toby has had the benefit of having the MVP in the post and one of the best passers and defenders in the league as your point guard. And then Seth Curry lining up. And then, you know, in a lot of the, right, the Sixers right. are a dominant team in the East. And I think he's benefited from that and has looked good by comparison. I don't think he makes the team as much as I would love him to. I think he deserves right. it. But yeah. And so that, that was who I had as my 10th person. You might have convinced me that Randall deserves it just a little bit more. Um, as much as I think Tobias Harris has been super impactful in, in, in making the 76ers as good as they've been this year. Um, I also didn't have Ben Simmons in my final two um, because I think Zach, well, I think Zach Levine's just going to get, I, I oh, don't necessarily think Zach. Levine's I forgot a you're player. a Westbrook fan. You like empty stats and uh-huh. losing. Uh-huh. No, I just, I'm not, I, he's a losing player. Okay. I like the bulls. I like Zach, I but agree with you, but it's just, he's it, it's just, it's the body of work that he's put together this year. It's nothing against Ben Simmons. I love, I, I, I like watching Ben Simmons play and I've especially loved him this year, but, but Zach Levine has had a better and more impressive body of work. And if anyone, it, it's like, it's, it's like true. It's Have like you watched two hours later. Simmons. The, the only reason Ben Simmons is not wowed people is because he has been allowing himself to run the offense through Joel Embiid and only take nine or 10 shots a game. One eternity later. He's also a 6'10 point guard who's also one of the fastest point guards in the league who throws crazy lobs and is one of the best fast break players in the league. But he's not putting up 28, 5, and 5. He's not putting up 28, 5. That's what you need in the art. But they can can both be. Your empty stats be damned. All right, all right. We're. we're, I guess LeBron needs to be left off the list and empty stats be damned if that's what we're doing. I'm, I'm sorry, Turner. First I just had in the West. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Come on, not take the bait. This is what happens bait. when you root for bad teams your whole life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's that's for real. Going to do it for us for this episode. 
Uh, thank you so much for listening to us, especially uh, with all of our all-star talk. Uh, that was a lot of fun to ramble about. And I know we could go on for even longer, um, but as I mean, always, follow- Bill Simmons went on for like two hours. So I think we did. That's pretty true. Good. We kept it. We kept it way <laughs> under two. So you're welcome. Uh, but follow us on all. Celtics as always. Are better than Lakers fans. <laughs> Boy, I swear to God, you're probably right, but that is the biggest dagger you could throw at my sweet old little heart over here. I hate Boston. I don't think he's right. <laughs> I Boston's think right. no, Wait, yeah, you're not right. Boston fans are terrible. <laughs> Lakers fans are full they're of... They're terrible, but they're at least Boston. a little pragmatic. Look... Boston, Boston. <laughs> Look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't. I, I'm not. I, I just can't do this right now. Follow us on Twitter. You know where to follow us. Have a fantastic week. Let's hope I don't implode <laughs> thinking about Boston fans. How else am I supposed to get a job with a ringer, Turner? <laughs> All right. On that note, for real, we'll see you later this week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Peace.